Here we go, another crossover Thursday, but this is not another week. This is the NFC Championship. The two best teams, can I say, in the NFC have made it to the NFC Championship game. Locked on 49ers, locked on Eagles, biggest stories, key matchups, and predictions. Coming up right now. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers and Locked On Eagles crossover Thursday edition. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker of Locked On 49ers with Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers and Locked On Eagles your first listens every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, crossover Thursdays presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun. It's easy to play. No competing with other players. Just you versus the projections available at Prize Picks. You pick two to six players, and if they score, uh, and if you hit them all, if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to twenty five percent on your entry. Twenty five times the money on your entry, not twenty five percent. Twenty five times the money on your entry. You can literally take less than sixty seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love Prize Picks. We know you will too. First time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars with promo code. Locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. For those locked on 49ers listeners that don't know, Gino, you are famous now because of some of the, the social media interactions you've had. And, uh, and uh, although folks around the nation might not know you as Gino Camilleri, it's Gino Camilleri or something. What, what do they call you? Uh, it was Gino Camaria, I think, that uh, they had. <laughs> And that was on the Dan Levitard show after I eviscerated Emmanuel Acho after going after Justin Herbert, which I think is ridiculous. And Emmanuel Acho has had some negative things to say about the Eagles, and I just don't stand for it. If you could see the studio behind me, I love this team. I've loved them for 20 plus years. And I think like you guys with the Niners, you love them because a lot of the history and how this team kind of represents those teams of old, where you look at these just rough and tumble defenses that just come to play with these top end playmakers. And here we are again. It's the first time that they're ever going to meet in this type of stage that I can remember. So here we go. I'm ready for it, gentlemen. Niners, Eagles, West Coast, East Coast. This is going to be a fun one. Absolutely, man. And so caution, caution to you 49ers fans. Uh, Gino, Gino will come at you, and you might end up uh, on a nationally syndicated radio Just show. don't dox my home address like a Bills fan did three years. That's all I ask. Just, just pl- have fun with it. I'm all fun and games and sports. All right, so the biggest storylines here, aside from this being the NFC Championship game, which is the big story here, um, uh, I, I, I'm going to ask you first, Gino, what, what's going on in Philly? What's the, what's the big storyline? What's everyone talking about with the Philadelphia Eagles coming into this week? How healthy are you at this point in the season, I think, is the discussion with a lot of these football teams. And you're finally going to have maybe 100% of the lineup back with Vontae Maddox limited in practice today. That's the first time that he got back onto the practice field after suffering a toe injury six weeks ago. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson came back. He played well last weekend. Lane Johnson is playing through a torn adductor. Say that out loud, a torn adductor. If you've ever done the adductor machine at the gym, that hurts. Imagine just tearing that clean off the bone. That's what Lane Johnson is playing through. So this whole team, it's banged up. And right at quarterback, Jalen Hurts, he even said it. He's not 100%. 
Nobody in this team is 100%. But Jason Kelsey has uttered this phrase all season long. It's not who's toughest. It's who's toughest the longest. So you're going to have to tough it out for three more weeks here. If you want to win a Super Bowl, how hard do you want to play for those guys next to you? Everybody's playing through injury. You have to tough it out. And in this big, tough moment, which is going to be taking on the San Francisco 49ers, you got to be ready to go. Even at 80, 90%, you have to go out there and be ready to play because these are the two best rosters that are remaining outside of quarterback. I mean, you take away Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow. I'm saying these are the two best rosters clearing away at the NFC. And I mean, in the NFL as a whole. Sorry, I know Crocs going to jump in. I'm glad you said outside of quarterback because if we counted Brock Purdy in this, it wouldn't even be fair how good the 49ers are. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I was going to ask him because, you know, you talked about how uh, before we got on here, how evenly these teams are. So, you know, just kind of throwing it out there now, when you look at how these teams are built very similarly, but where do you think the Philadelphia Eagles have the edge, if at all? I would have to look at cornerback. I just think no no downfall to, to San Francisco at all. I love the Amador Lenore. I'm an Oregon Duck fan. I love to see him prosper. I'd love to see him pick off Dak Prescott. But, Croc, you're a defensive back. When's the last time you've seen – a guy like Slay and James Bradbury playing at the level that these two guys on the outside have been. And we thought that Darius Slay was going to come into this year, be the first team all pro. We get a street free agent in James Bradbury from your division rival. And he comes in here and he's playing just as good. I think that's the one area where I think there's a clear advantage outside of that though. I think it's pretty even across the board. I would probably give the Niners the, the win in terms of linebackers because Fred Werner is the best at his position. He's a, he's a unicorn. I think safety would be close. Offensive line is near identical. Defensive line, there's just as much depth. Two playmakers at wide receiver, top-level running back, top-level tight end. I mean, we're picking hairs here. This These two rosters are so good. And the way they have gone about it, I think that every other team that's trying to get to this point should look to replicate this exact recipe. Draft well on the offensive line. Bring in elite guys that you could sign in free agency. Look at Jason Peters. The Eagles traded for him from the Bills. You guys get Trent Williams through a trade. You can find elite guys. It's just you have to be willing to make moves. And, man, hats off to John Lynch. Hats off to Howie Rosen. These two guys took risks. And look at where they are now because of it. The, the 49ers have had to deal with a lot of people saying that the strength of schedule wasn't impressive. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles have kind of heard some of those same things. But now you look at it, and those are the two teams in the NFC Championship. So uh, for the people that are saying, well, the Eagles aren't as great because they have one of the worst, worst strength of schedules in the NFL, what do you have to say to those people? I have to say that you have to look at what the team has done. You just have to look at what was in front of them. Did they do – and exceed the expectations that you had put onto them going into this season. And that's exactly what I look at. I don't look at the strength of schedule. These schedules are made years in advance. It's almost like college football where you know who you're going to play in 10 years. You're going to just go through the cycle outside of the 17th game that we have. But strength of schedule doesn't mean anything. If you get the number one seed, you're 14 and three. You have the most wins in the history of the franchise. And nobody even cares at this point because you're sitting there one game away from the Super Bowl. We're all, I'm glad you brought this up, Croc, because us three and Lou as well, we're going to be sitting there in the offseason saying, yeah, who cares what the strength of schedule is? We did our job. We went out there and competed, and that's what the Eagles did, and that's what the Niners did. They These two teams I, I appreciate so much because 
Every team is injured. Every team has questions of, oh, they didn't play anybody, but yet these two teams have gone out and beat everybody that they've had to beat to get to this point. So the teams that are complaining and the people that are complaining are the ones that are sitting on the sideline <laughs> right now. I think we're just wanting to see another good football game and who doesn't want to see? I, I can't wait to take this tape and teach it to my high school kids and my freshman kids, because th that's what we should take away from this weekend is that you have elite level offensive line play, elite level de defensive line play, two offensive guys that are going to design the heck out of these offenses, empty the playbook. And you are going to see some guys and some coaches that won't be here next year because they're that good. And they're going to get hired elsewhere. And there's going to be guys that get, priced out in free agency and we see this every year so you just have to enjoy the ride I, I don't care what the strength of schedule is I don't care about next season I don't care about last season all I care about is the San Francisco 49ers coming to Lincoln Financial Field and how you're going to stop guys like Fred Warner that's what I'm really concerned about right now all right, we, I want to talk more of actually, actually about the quarterbacks here and, of course, tons more matchups to get into with the NFC Championship game. 49ers-Eagles will make some predictions as well for Sunday's game next. Super excited about our newest sponsor, the new sports betting partner for the Locked On Podcast Network because they are number one sports book in America, FanDuel. That's right, FanDuel is the new sports betting partner for Locked On. And if you're a new FanDuel customer, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from this NFC Championship game, the AFC Championship game, point spreads, money line, player props. You can build your own parlays if you want to. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout. Same game parlays as well. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use and easy to navigate. I mean, I, I love the, the FanDuel website. So easy. The, the, the builder of parlays is so fun. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose with that first bet. And at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official, official sports book partner of the NFL and now the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers and Locked On Eagles your first listens every day. Make sure you're subscribed up to all the other stuff going on in the Locked On Podcast Network, like Locked On NFL, Peacock, and Williamson. If you uh, enjoy listening to me, you can have even more of me with the co-host Matt Williamson, former NFL scout. We break down the entire league every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, Locked On NFL Draft as we get close to draft season. Locked On NFL available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I want to get back to Jalen Hurts really quick here, Gino, because of the injury that you mentioned. Have you noticed him playing different? And is he less than 100% to your eyes? And if so, how much and what has been taken away from his game? I can't see a difference in Jalen Hurts. And I think that's one of the great things about him is that no matter what is ailing him, you would never know because he keeps it tight to the chest. He keeps it cool, calm, and collected, and he doesn't ever want to be the focus or the center of attention. And the first time I saw him run the football last week and he put his shoulder down and he's trying to pick up a first down and you're saying, maybe you should have slid there, but that's Jalen. And 
the the one thing I wanted to make sure that this team didn't do was get back to what Washington did nearly a decade ago with RG3 when he came back from that knee injury where you're saying, this guy can't just be a pocket passer. Yes, Jalen is very good in the pocket. We have seen that evolution year over year over year. But the thing that makes him so good is that he is that 11 on 11. And I mean, you could count it 12 on 11 at some point that he could throw and he can run. And you saw the reason he should be in the MVP conversation. And he is a finalist for it because when he was out and Gardner Minshew was in there, they had to cut that playbook in half. They couldn't do half of what they wanted to do. And Micah Parsons, who's sitting at home, who called Jalen Hurts a system quarterback. Well, let me tell you something. When you have to build your offense around the quarterback because he can do more than you had expected, that's not a system quarterback, my friend. That's somebody you win games because of, and that's what Jalen Hurts has done. The way he was throwing the football last week I thought was spot on. I think he's come back and he's playing at a level which we had expected him to, and I don't think he's going to shy away from taking shots down the field. I don't think he's going to take any any chances running the football that he wouldn't early on in the season. He's just going to continue to be Jalen Hurts, and that's what got you here. Continue to do what has gotten you to this point. You can't get outside of that, but the one thing that they can do is run the football really well, and that's what I'm most interested to see. How is that going to translate last week from the Giants, who aren't very good defending the run, to San Francisco, who, man, they just have – I mean, 1,500 pounds a man on that defensive line that is going to try and shut down that run game. You know, you, you talked a lot about uh, Jalen Hurts, and we know how special he is. If there is one thing where you're like, you know what, we've seen teams do this against him and he struggles, what is that one thing that the 49ers can potentially do to try to somewhat slow him down? Well, I think the one thing that is – the easiest threat to identify is you have a couple guys on that Niners defense, which you could truly spy Jalen Hurts with, in my opinion. I think Fred Werner could be that one guy where you just put him on him all game, don't let Jalen get outside the pocket, and his click and close ability is that good to where if he drops back to pass, Fred can close on that quick. And, I mean, that's just one weapon that you have that nobody else in the NFL has had to defend Jalen Hurts and one that we haven't seen. So I think that's going to be the chess match of how you counteract that. When Jalen presses the football and he gets out of a rhythm and he can't get off to a hot start, that's sometimes where you've seen him kind of just continue to snowball out of control. But it's just so few and far between that when he does make mistakes, he tends to fix them. He doesn't make the same mistake more than once. He's a very quick learner and the head on his shoulders, that's what's going to just continue to take him far in this game. And the athleticism portion, if he thinks he can out-athlete the Niners, good luck with that because they have athletes all over that defensive backfield. Yeah, the 49ers have done such a great job against the run all season long. Um, but athletic quarterbacks can can pose a different problem for the 49ers. And I think their rush plan gets affected too because of that reason. And they're trying to stay in their lanes. And so that might... Give Jalen or yeah, I might give Jalen Hurts, you know, an, an extra half second or so to to find the guys he needs to uh, before uh, before the pass rush gets there. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that matches up. And I think it's really key on the other side as well with the 49ers run game. And I know the Eagles, if you look at, you know, depending on what you look at, if you're looking at total yards, yards per carry, if you're looking at DVOA, PFF grades, whatever you're looking at, um, the, the 49ers are, are near the top in 
stopping the run all year long, but the Eagles have been in the bottom half of the league. And I know there's been injuries and Jordan Davis and I, he's, he's back. Uh, and they've done a lot to address that. Is it more defensive line? Is it linebackers? Have they fixed that problem of stopping the run? Is that where the 49ers can get an advantage in this game on the offensive side? I think if you look back to last week and it was towards the middle half of the third quarter, Saquon breaks off a big run where everything is just blocked up very well. And the Eagles didn't have their bigs in there and they have to get those guys rotated in. So you're going to have to take advantage of those reps when Indomitian Sue isn't on the field and Linball Joseph isn't on the field. And if I ever trusted an offensive mind to scheme up a run game to get it going to have anybody on that offensive line that can pull anywhere, that's the Niners. I mean, it's a near replica of what Jeff Stoutland does with the Eagles offensive line where you could get Trent Williams motoring and, I mean, who's going to stop him? Even Dominick Sue isn't going to stop Trent Williams. Like, it, it, there's just no way to counteract that. So you have to trust your offensive play designer to put your offensive line in a position to block up the Eagles, which if they are blocked up, They've had some questions of open field tackling where a guy like Christian McCaffrey, if he keeps those legs moving, if the defensive back lunges at Christian McCaffrey, he's going to take off and go. I mean, you're not going to have a second chance to catch up with him. So it really comes down to just doing what you said with the Niners where they have to keep their gap integrity. The backers come have to come up and fill and spill, and they've done a good job of that. The last couple of weeks, if you've looked at the uh, the running backs that they've gone against in the last two months or so, they've d- done a good job shutting down names like Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley multiple times, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. But this is going to be one of the tougher tests that they have in the run game because we know what Shanahan can do. We know that this offense can stretch this defense out. And if they get them out on an island and you're going to have to go one-on-one against these corners – yeah, they can tackle, but I don't know if they can go that whole time having to tackle these backs and Debo Samuel. It's just a different it's a different beast that we haven't seen, and we'll see who can be toughest the longest because I think it's going to come down to the trenches. I think it comes down to the run game, and whoever could get that going and open up shots for your quarterback to take downfield, I think that's what it's going to come down to at the end of the day. How about the linebackers in reverse? And especially recently, the 49ers have been, you know, deep overs and, and dig routes and, and teams are coming up to try to stop the run. And it's created a big void behind the linebackers. Um, and I have to imagine the Eagles game plan is going to be, you know, have have an extra guy in the box and, and allow your corners to work on the outside. Um, you know, a lot of Ch- Chauncey Gardner Johnson, by the way, who's probably pretty pissed off because didn't his car get stolen this week? Yeah. Unbelievable, man. <laughs> Philly's just a wild Philly. place. We, the guy comes back healthy. He makes an instant impact. He's playing slot corner for the injured Avante Maddox. Has a great game. He has all the personality in the world, and you steal this guy's car. I mean, he's like the realest guy on earth. Like, he'll tell you how it is, and he walks out of the link, and his car is gone. Just truly unbelievable. But that's Philly through and through. Unbelievable. Uh, how is that that coverage over the middle of the field with the, with the linebackers and, uh, you know, safeties and, and nickelbacks? Because that's where Kyle Shanahan shines is, is putting those guys in conflict. Oh, absolutely. And I think having Avante Maddox back this week will truly improve their odds to take advantage of taking away that middle of the field. Because if Avante Maddox is back, you will now have this freedom with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson 
to kind of play him as this joker type role where you can deploy him anywhere where you can bring him down as a robber if you want to put a single high and bring him down into that cover three type of area with the two corners on the outside. Kaiser White and TJ Edwards have vastly improved this Eagles linebacking core when it comes to coverage. So if you look at that game last year and you want to take away the tape from the linebackers, throw that in the garbage. That's not going to be open if you look at that type of stuff. Yes, they will find opportunities to take away that middle of the field, but I think there will be times when Kittle's going to come wide open because as good as Gannon is at times calling his defense, he still loves to play this soft zone where they pattern match and the thing that comes with that is when it works well it works very well but if it doesn't you can eat up those middle of the field areas where if they sit 15 to 20 yards back which they have known to do and their corners will be 10 yards off those guys that can eat up the yards after contact and yards after the catch that's the 49ers bread and butter so they are going to be in conflict as play callers and players trying to figure out what is going to be the best sort of defense. You have to believe that they run more of that cover three variation as opposed to some quarters type of stuff where you leave that middle of the field wide open. Take away the middle of the field like Bill Belichick has always said and make them beat you on those lower percentage chance throws on the outside. But, I mean, man, the 49ers, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. You just got to get the ball in these guys' hands and they're going to make you pay. Everyone's got a plan. It's always easier said than done, too. And you right. know, you're playing against a good football team that's well-schemed up like the 49ers and the Eagles both are. All right, uh, I've got one more matchup that I want to talk about here before we make our predictions for the NFC Championship game next. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And you already know if you listen to the show that entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And all you got to do is pick a couple players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, then you can win a whole bunch of money, right? But they have magnified the odds for you and now made it able made you able to win up to 25 times your money at prize picks. Because it's not just picking two to five players anymore. Now you can pick up to six players. You pick two to six players at prize picks versus their projections. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not putting together an entire roster, just picking two to six players versus their projections available at prize picks. No competing against other people, no sharks in the pool. It's just you versus the projections. We're talking NFL projections for playoff football, NBA, Major League Baseball is going to be getting going soon. We're talking every day. This is daily fantasy, uh, NHL hockey, golf, MMA, college hoops, tennis, even disc golf and cricket. I don't even know what I would be looking at with disc golf, but you can find those projections as well at Prize Picks. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50 more to play with. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Croc, is there a certain matchup that, that you're really looking at? in this game for the 49ers that they can either take advantage of or that you're maybe a little worried about? Yeah, well, Hassan Reddick, he's been a high sack guy. and That's someone who I don't even think we've really mentioned his name on the pod today. But, you know, how does he match up against either Trent Williams or Mike McGlinchey? And we saw Mike McGlinchey get beat 
with power, and that was something I was worried about. Even going into the Cowboys game, I'm like, you know, McGlinchey has been good down the stretch, but he struggles with sometimes with his leverage because he's so tall and guys get none there. They just kind of lift him where he gets off balance at times. So Hassan Reddick, this is a high sack guy. It, does he win more with speed? Because he's not the biggest guy. He was kind of a tweener when he was coming out of college. I believe he came out of Temple, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. And he was kind of an outside linebacker slash uh, edge and off-ball guy, and they weren't quite sure what to do. Clearly, he's found his home as a uh, pure pass rusher. But can he win with power? He does have that element to him because he has such an explosive first step. And, and the thing about Hassan is he's so flexible that he does play low into his pads and he can get underneath the chest of that offensive line. But I would say if you're looking at a guy who would be more of that power type rusher off of the edge, you're going to look at his counterpart in Josh Sweat, who plays better with speed to power, where Hassan, Reck is, Hassan Reddick is more of a true speed guy. He'll beat you with two-way goes. He'll bend in corner around the backside. But Josh Sweat, his arms are so long, and he's so powerful in his core and in his lower half that he is just just pancake guys and Brandon Graham has been the guy that has taught him everything and Brandon Graham that's what he was brought up on so they just continue to put in edge rushers that have multiple different tricks up their sleeve and that's the way I look at it with the Niners and Eagles how are both of these teams going to deploy their edge rushers against these tackles because much like you said with Mike McGlinchey the problem with Jordan Maialata is he struggles against these speed guys. There's some clips last year against Hassan Reddick where he's getting beat because much like Mike McGlinchey, this guy's six foot nine, 335 odd pounds sure. trying to bend each way is going to be difficult. So you're going against an elite type of bender, Nick Bosa. I mean, both of these guys are going to win some matchups. Like that's just how it is. Elite players sometimes beat very good to borderline elite players in and of themselves. So you talk about Hassan Riddick, you talk about Bosa, both of these guys can win in different ways. I think it's going to be what coordinator takes advantage of matching those guys up with the correct offensive linemen. It's, it's so important to get the running game going too. So you don't have Brock Purdy dropping back with third and longs, right? Against a, mm -hmm. a team that had 70 sacks during the season. Really weird how well they were able to get home and collect sacks too, because they didn't lead the league in pressures, but they were way out in front in sacks. It's, it's sort of a, a weird anomaly with the, uh, with the, with this, the, the sack numbers for that Philadelphia Eagles defense. And then looking back at, um, at Nick Bosa, he actually had two sacks against the Eagles the last time these teams played, which is, it's been a little bit a little while now, but he beat Jordan Mailata and actually, oddly enough, he beat him with the bull rush and it kind of like sat him down. It was a pretty mm -hmm. impressive rush. And his other sack came on the other side, but it wasn't against Lane Johnson. They tried to one on one him with the tight end that did not go well for the Eagles. So uh, I wonder if, you know, we could see somebody finally get to Lane Johnson since he's banged up since it is the defensive player of the year most likely uh we think at least uh in in nick bosa there so that's going to be a heck of a battle when they do get in those third and longs and yeah it's important to have a spy there on hertz too because those are the backbreakers when you've got everybody covered you got the team in third and long and then jalen hurts just scrambles out of the pocket and converts that first down Th those are the the backbreakers and and those are the kind of plays i'm worried about against the 49ers I would say that with Brock Purdy, too, because a lot of what goes hand in hand with those sacks is being so aggressive upfield. And one thing that teams have been able to kind of pick the, apart the Eagles with is if they go too far north upfield, you break contain. Well, there's your window right there. And the Eagles have done a good job with their linebackers protecting that and spilling things out. But 
I would say Brock Purdy, he's athletic enough to get the job done. But the formula for the Niners, I think it's very simple. Go back to that Washington game where the commanders beat the Eagles in the middle of the season. If you could possess the football, control time of possession, and put Brock Purdy in that offense in third and short situations where, like you said, he's not in third and seven, third and eight, where he can be susceptible to being sacked. If they get you in third and two where they can beat you with play action, beat you with Kyle Juszczyk just leaking out into the flat or just George Kittle on a quick slant, that's where the Niners kill you, in my opinion. I think if you play into the Eagles' hands, it will be in those third and eight situations because Jonathan Gannon, first down, he wants to stop the run. Second down, he wants to keep you from gaining five yards. And if he can keep you from gaining five yards, he's going to go after you on third down. So if you want to counteract that, Put yourself in short third down situations where I think ultimately that's the worst case scenario for the Eagles come Sunday. It's so funny. You start to talk yourself in circles too, because I'm thinking, okay, because you got to, you got to establish the run quote unquote. If you're mm-hmm. the 49ers, you got to be able to run the ball to keep yourself in, in third and shorts and, and stay in front of the sticks, but then they're expecting the run on first down. So you might need to throw the ball a lot on first downs, but you don't want to throw the ball too much because you don't want to be in second 10 situations. So you need to run the ball. So, uh, I mean, I'm glad I'm not in charge of coordinating the, yeah, imagine Shanahan and Shane Steichen and all those guys right now, they have to be going yeah. absolutely insane because the one thing that I look at with Shanahan is he's going to take the coverage rules of Jonathan Gannon and he's going to try and counteract them to use them to his advantage. So this is the ultimate matchup of chess. Who is going to go out there and use their opponent's rules against them to the best of their abilities. And that's when football's at its best because you're going to see the Niners get the best of the Eagles. Sometimes you're going to see the Eagles get the best of the Niners, but ultimately it comes down to who wins those situations the most often because we know these teams are probably going to be similar when it comes to converting third downs and maybe both teams can force a turnover but it's just going to come down to situational football who converts in the red zone who's able to get those third and short situations and continue the drive who wins time of possession football's a very very difficult sport but when you boil it down it's pretty simple do the little things well and you're going to win a football game and I think that's what got both of these teams to rate where they are, have good play in the trenches, have playmakers on the outside and have a quarterback that puts you in a position to win. We'll see who gets there this Sunday. Croc, you have a prediction for Sunday. Has anything Gino said changed your mind about what your prediction would have been? No, I, you know, I think this is a game and I felt like it with the Dallas Cowboys game where it's like, man, this is kind of, Two teams that, that are really good. And, you know, I favor the 49ers in that matchup. This one, I think, is even more evenly matched. You know, I talked about the Cowboys not being the toughest of teams. Well, Philadelphia, they're definitely tough. They're definitely physical. They're definitely going to bring that. So I hope that it doesn't come down to uh, which quarterback makes more plays because I would tend to lean more to, in favor of Philadelphia Eagles, which Jalen Hurts is going to do. Um, I say, you know what, uh, I'm throwing something out there. Hurts is going to throw a pick, and that's going to give the 49ers a slight edge, and somehow they win. But uh, obviously, this is going to be a really tight game, and we'll be surprised if it goes either way, which is, of course, what you expect when it comes to an NFC Championship game. Absolutely. Gino, what do you think? How's this going to go? I have to agree. I mean, I said it with the Giants game. I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. This one for sure is going to be a lot closer than that matchup. This should be a great game, both on offense and defense for both teams. Whoever gets to the Super Bowl deserves it. 
I don't know who is ready for this, this moment, but Jalen Hurts has been bred for this moment since he was in high school. He's played high stakes games ever since he was coached by his dad in high school. He goes to Alabama, plays in multiple SEC championships, multiple big time title games, goes to Oklahoma, competes in the playoffs. The the kid just proves me wrong time and time again. And every time I think he's going to prove me wrong, he goes out there and just wins a football game. And until he proves me wrong, I can't say otherwise. I think it's a three-point game. I think San Fran covers that fan duel minus two and a half point line in favor of the Eagles could come down to a last second field goal where the Eagles make a stop at the end, keep San Fran out of field goal range. 27-24. I'm going with the same scores I had last week. Yeah, I like taking the points on this one. I'm going to give my official prediction on tomorrow's episode of Locked On 49ers. So the listeners have that to look forward to. But I have a feeling this is going to be a tight one, just like the last time Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy went head-to-head in a mm-hmm. 42-41 battle at Oklahoma against Iowa State. Uh, that was a fantastic one, and I hope this game is just as good. Gino, always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers and Locked On Eagles your first listens right here on the Locked On podcast network.